0: So I Married an Alcoholic is sponsored by Realtorandababy.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease real estate? Even if you're not in greater Philadelphia, reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area. Realtorandababy at gmail.com. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, lords and ladies, cats, dogs, birds, reptiles, the queen. Hello, queen. Of course, Megan. Megan. The alcoholics, the derelicts, the addicts, the normies, and everything in between. It is season two, episode 27 of the world famous So I Married an Alcoholic podcast. I'm Chris, I'm an alcoholic.
1: And I'm Megan and I'm an alcoholic. Hi boo. How are you?
0: I'm good, how are you? I'm good. Friendly reminder that my pronouns are junkie, alcoholic, and asshole. We'd like to start off with a very sincere apology we missed last week.
1: We did. I fell asleep putting Frankie to bed.
0: Megan sure did.
1: We're in a really bad sleep situation at our home currently.
0: It wasn't my fault.
1: Anyone with toddlers can relate. Uh, Probably not anyone. That's the sad part. Just us. We're in hell.
0: I think there's people out there with very good sleepers.
1: I know, and we had one. We had the best sleeper there was.
0: Like most things in my life, you've ruined it.
1: She went from zero to 60 in 24 hours, and it's a mess.
0: Bird dog's still sleeping. Yeah. Bird Dog got back from camp last week or the week before. She was at hunting camp for two weeks.
1: It was fabulous. It was wonderful. I think she liked it. I don't know. I loved every second of it.
0: She goes for two weeks, gets a little training in. Then she comes home for two weeks. We are now in the in-home portion. Mm -hmm. And then she goes back again next week for another two weeks. Megan could not be more excited to be rid of something in her entire life.
1: I have a countdown calendar going.
0: It's a shame.
1: It's not. It's wonderful. She likes it, too. It's really for her. It's not It's not selfish at all.
0: No, it's really for you.
1: Yep. I love hunting camp. <laughs> she may go all year.
0: Let's call it what it is. I'm very pleased to tell you that the bird dog is one of the trainer's top ten favorite dogs.
1: He's really proud of that.
0: And he's already been paid, so he's not blowing smoke up my ass.
1: No. I mean, Birdie's a great dog. She's a great dog. She just eats everything. Food, inanimate objects,
0: whatever she can get her mouth on.
1: Yesterday morning, there was vomit on our bed. It included a hairband and a Barbie's arm.
0: Why are you letting a dog eat Barbies?
1: <laughs> I'm not. She eats everything.
0: Oh, that's a shame. Mm-hmm. Well, we have one very good bird dog. Let us thank the sponsors, Marlane Graphics, our studio sponsor, MarlaneGraphics.com, for all of your printing needs. And Realtor and a Baby, Realtorandababy.com for all of your real estate needs. We've had an interesting week, Megan, haven't we?
1: We have.
0: Why don't you dive into that, because I know you're all kinds of bullshit.
1: I'm not, actually. I didn't know what we were going to talk about.
0: Oh, we're going to talk about our week, and then we're going to talk about hope. Okay. One of my favorite four-letter words besides cunt.
1: Uh-huh. Um. So anyway, we made a decision... Well, it, it dates back.
0: It, it's not we.
1: Chris made a decision, just like all things go in this relationship.
0: I've made a unilateral decision to return to work.
1: So, a couple weeks ago, um, Chris was like, I want us to talk about this. We don't have to make any decisions right now. I want us to have an adult conversation and figure out what's best going forward,
0: i.e., the setup.
1: The setup. So I'm like, okay. And he's like, I want to put Frankie in school. And in order to do that, I need, you know, to pick up some extra work. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, all right, well, what are you thinking? And Chris was a truck driver in his past life.
0: Many, I've actually had numerous roles,
1: and he um, still maintains his CDL license. So he's like, quite honestly, what works best for our family is to get back in a trash truck. I can work from three in the morning until two in the afternoon, still pick Frankie up at daycare, drive Mac to sports. We'll do it for a year, we'll get ourselves out of debt, we'll save for a new house, and Frankie gets to go to school. Like, win win all around
0: now. Why can I not return to banking, Meg? The world of finance.
1: Because you're no longer welcome there.
0: Uh, Very interesting. Yes. it's very well put.
1: So that, you know, I threw that out there. And then who does the banking? The FCC?
0: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, the SEC.
1: The SEC said no. So that that was the end of that. So, um... I was like, all right, well, let's think about it. Let's really write pros and cons in order to do this. Chris has driven a truck before when we've been together, and he's not good at it. And I don't mean driving a truck. I'm sure he drives the truck wonderfully. He's not good at work-life balance. He requires much more life than work. If he's working a full-time job, he's one-track mind. It's the only thing he can do. And we all suffer.
0: You're just a selfish fuck.
1: No, that's not it at all. He, oh, 100%. He gets in this zone where that's the only thing. And he gets a little bit cranky because it is early mornings and late nights and all that kind of stuff, mm. which I understand. But um, he really hasn't worked a full-time job in probably over two years, almost three. Oh, God. Probably three, maybe more. I don't really know. So I have the pit in the bottom of my stomach that this is going to go poorly and then we're gonna have to say just kidding daycare we have to pull out you know after she's been there for six weeks
0: well we should have pulled out and we would have just had ourselves a bird dog and we would have been fine
1: only if it lived in hunting camp i think we could work that out so anyway um so he you know it tells me we're gonna have this conversation about it so i'm like let's really think about it blah 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 and then the next day is like I started interviewing, the, or I actually I was at work, and we were going away. It was right before 4th of July. So I was like, we're tabling this conversation until the drive to Massachusetts. I was like, I don't table shit. No. So he, he's like, okay. And then he's like, this is what this daycare costs. This is what this one does. This is the job I found. This I was like, tabled. We are tabling this conversation nope. until we get there.
0: Because we would have tabled it forever and ever and ever and continued spinning our wheels.
1: Or just to the drive to Massachusetts, which was in 48 hours. But instead, in 48 hours, Chris had already enrolled the baby in daycare and accepted a job.
0: Because I, Megan, am a man of action.
1: He's a man of impulse.
0: I think that's more accurate.
1: Yes. Now, I can't say it's the wrong decision, but there's going to be some growing pains with it.
0: There is. I mean, unfortunately for us, there's obviously a couple of different factors at play here. Frankie doesn't necessarily need to go to daycare. I think I've done such a phenomenal job with her here at home. However, the big part that she's missing is the socialization aspect.
1: Absolutely. And she will love school. I'm not opposed to her going to school. She will absolutely love school. She loves to learn. She loves letters, numbers, coloring like she loves activities like things that she can't do here because the bird dog's already eaten her toys,
0: which you just replace, which is another part of the conversation.
1: So anyway, leading up to this, Chris and I have been in like a really... We've been in the zone. Uh-huh. You're full of shit. Uh-huh. Con- connecting on all levels, just really like, you know, things are going great. Life is good. We're good. Our relationship is great.
0: By connecting on all levels, she means we're fucking regularly and talking regularly.
1: Yes, I think that means we're connecting on all levels. That's stupid. Anyway, so I was like, we just need to keep that up. And so we start at Monday morning and it was good the week was going pretty good Wait, he was still, making sure
0: we're still not done with the 3 prong approach here
1: all right good then you take over honey Thank your turn god
0: because this story much like all of your other stories is going to be never ending this is going to be the 18-day episode this
1: is what always happens a
0: marathon of your mouth he
1: makes me start it without having any idea what we're supposed to be talking about and then doesn't like how i do it and takes it over Go on, your turn.
0: Because I like your benter.
1: Yeah, go, go on.
0: So that's prong number one. Prong number two, I don't think it's any secret by now that the real estate market is not starting to tank, but it's definitely starting to, I don't know if equal out, even
1: out is a better way to describe it. I think it's uncertain territory we're entering.
0: It sure is, and the problem with that is because interest rates are so high and I built my career with buyers, not a lot of buyers are buying property no. which makes that pool of people or potential clients smaller and smaller and smaller so in the back of my mind couple of I mean months ago I was like freaking out
1: yeah and this is actually the reason I don't want Chris I did not want Chris to go back to work Um, he is still gonna be doing real estate But two reasons. Again, the multitasking, like if he's working these 10-hour days, driving a truck, sleeping at, you know, from 6 at night to 1 in the morning, I don't know if he's going to want to do real estate when he gets home or give it the work it deserves.
0: Well, I mean, you know, to my benefit or to my credit, I did show houses yesterday afternoon after working 68 hours this week.
1: And— I also I've been opposed to this for a long time now because I fully believe he's gonna be wildly successful and he's already had a freaking amazing year so I don't want to lose forward momentum
0: no absolutely and I agree with that however I think financially it's probably the best decision at this point in time because what's going to happen is I'm going to get super frustrated and then I'm gonna sit here alone in my shit all day. And I, I don't wanna say something bad's going to happen, but it's just, it's not good mentally for me. It's not good financially for us, because I will inevitably just go out and spend money on shit we don't need. Uh, and then prong number three is, I really wanna, while I love this house, I mean, I do, I adore this house. Nobody gave us a penny to buy this. Nobody really helped us. I mean, your brother came over and helped. Uh, my brother Rick was here for a little while. He helped, but when I say like Rick helped, I mean like he made a mess and I had to clean it up. So and it is what it is. But anyway, provided
1: comic relief at times.
0: Uh, and we pretty much stole this house from the previous owners.
1: We did. We got a great deal. We're gonna make a ton of money on it, especially since we put a ton of work on it.
0: And we bought it before the market went insane, yes. which is obviously very, very good for us. But I don't want to be here forever.
1: Me neither, especially with the dog and with the kids. We want a yard. Absolutely. And we also want, you know, something that we can grow into. And this house is not small by any means. Um, but just, I guess, a different layout or more bedrooms. I'm not really sure. But it again, it'll be another fixer-upper that we'll put our heart and souls into.
0: Yeah. We need, you know what we need in here? More closet space for all of your shit. We do. Like we're we're bursting at the seams here. I agree. Much like your car. Mm -hmm. Everything else. But that's neither here nor there. This is not a podcast about beating Megan up. Shocking. Not this episode anyways. So anywho, we need to, I mean, we need to save up some cash. Yes. And uh, again, I've done incredibly well. If I told the listening audience how much Megan and I make combined, you would fucking throw up.
1: Considering we normally end every payday Eve with like a dollar
0: 17
1: exactly exactly so we need to
0: we need to save some cash we need to pay off our debt we need to put some cash in the bank in my paychecks I mean again I I can go one month making nothing I can go another month and stick 25 grand in the bank we don't have an earning issue we have a cash flow issue
1: yes so to get another paycheck every week will be a big help
0: exactly and then when those real estate checks come in you know we can lump some debt or throw it into a savings account or invest it somehow or whatever so anyways my solution to that was I'm going back to work like this is how we're gonna have to make it work and there's again we are not alone in the fact that we are or we need to be a two-steady-income family.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, for the past couple years, we've really actually had a two-income budget with only one-and-a-half incomes.
0: More like a three-income budget. <laughs> you are expensive.
1: Uh, it's not me, darling.
0: That fucking rolling dumpster costs us almost 800 a month. My car's paid for him, just saying
1: hmm And then you just put, like, new seat covers on it. It's all that on the Amazon. It's all him.
0: Oh, absolutely. Because <laughs> I come home with, like, swamp ass after sitting in a truck for 13 hours a day. So
1: he's got a reupholster.
0: I can't have that on my fine European leather. Uh huh. Oh, anyways. So that's where we're at. You know, and it is. It's going to take some adjusting. It's going to take a lot of, ready for this word, Megan? Sacrifice on both of our ends. Like, we are going to either miss things or adjust schedules, adjust fire on some of the events and practices and all of the stuff that we have to do as parents, really.
1: Yeah, and so I think what my concern is or the situation I found us in as of 48 hours ago is I have been working 50-hour weeks. I have been working two jobs, working oh, a ton. Whoop to do. But my family never suffers for it.
0: No, because we have a great time when you're not here.
1: I'm just saying. I I think that Chris, like I said, when he works and sleeps. Like, he's such a regimented person, which works for him in so many ways, but he's not good at seeing the whole picture.
0: Well, I think it's a, you know, a learning curve, much like everything else in life. And yeah, no, sometimes I am not good at that because sometimes, well, I just want to be selfish and go drive a truck and smoke shit ton of Newports and drink coffee and then come home, shit, shower and go to bed.
1: Yeah. And so um, I was trying to explain that to him. Like, there's been many nights over the past, you know, two, three years where I have slept two, three, maybe four hours and continued on with my day the next day. Woke up with a smile, chugged through, knew that sleep would happen eventually when I'm dead.
0: Proving once again that Megan is a much better person than I
1: am. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you need to get it together.
0: No, that's where you're going.
1: Chris is saying we need to sacrifice, meaning Megan needs to just get over it and let him do his thing. And I'm saying... Nope, bro. Not how it's going to work. The rule is you may drive a truck only if you do it with your family as your number one priority. And that means sometimes you may be tired.
0: I am tired. I'm tired of your bullshit. It's
1: not me. I'm not the bullshit.
0: You are 100% bullshit. Not even close. So this is the conundrum that we find ourselves in.
1: (laughs) So we had a little bit of a disagreement about a very early dinner at my parents on friday
0: yes because i was going to work on saturday megan through the hey we're having dinner at my parents tonight on me at 10 a.m. on Friday
1: so Chris had asked me the day before can I work this Saturday and I said what time see how bullshit one. this
0: is I have to ask my wife permission to work
1: and then I said this Saturday or like every Saturday and he's like well this Saturday but probably more going forward hmm but it's not till 5 a.m. I'll do five to three
0: yeah unbeknownst to me they were like can you start at two so- <laughs> I literally told the guy to get fucked and he was like well how about three I was like, all right, fine.
1: So dinner was at 4.30, and Chris has been going to sleep around 7, 7.30 at night. So I'm like, perfect. You can still get the dinner in. Nope. And I was not pleased. Nope. <laughs> However, what I was really not pleased about is I was like, all right, see, this is what we need to talk about. This is an important dinner. It's not just pizza on a Friday night. We had some things to celebrate, and it was a very meaningful thing for me. And I needed his support. Well, what did you guys eat? We did have pizza. You
0: fucking asshole.
1: (laughs) The food is not relevant.
0: Well, you just said it was pizza on a Friday night.
1: Yeah, but it wasn't just because we wanted to get together. So
0: it was pizza on a Friday night at a location other than our house.
1: Yeah, but it wasn't just because we wanted to get together. I wouldn't have wanted you to be there I would have understood if it was just pizza on a Friday night it was like an event
0: it's always an event with you Megan this was a big deal no it was and I oh god I I don't even want to say I fucked up because then that gives Megan leverage and we're never about giving Megan leverage trust me she gets enough leverage as it is but no it was a very important event and I was being selfish and I was like no fuck you I'm going to bed your parents will understand, your family will understand, they'll be fine.
1: And they did.
0: Of course they did, because they love me, not your first husband, your second husband.
1: But I I, I need it, you.
0: Oh, you have me for the rest of your life, darling.
1: <laughs> I don't know if that's a blessing or a curse.
0: Unless there's a divorce attorney that'll wrap this up for like $40. <laughs> it's about all I can afford.
1: Uh, please, you wouldn't dare.
0: I'm just saying, so you over your shit now?
1: No, so the point oh, of it was, no, it's not that I'm over it. The point of it was, what I said to him was, like, I, I do understand wanting to sleep and stuff, but this is what I'm talking <laughs> about. You
0: know, that's fucking important. We
1: do need to have these conversations. So what did Chris do?
0: I was like, I can't talk to you right now. I'm driving a a truck.
1: No, he was on his way home and he just hung up. And then he went radio silence.
0: Oh, I forgot about that part.
1: Yeah, he went to and I was like, oh, here we go go Mm -hmm. exactly what i predicted
0: because i frankly knew what was coming it's the same old well you need to put your family
1: first i don't think that's unreasonable and i think we could have had an adult conversation it's
0: very unreasonable megan
1: it is not unreasonable this
0: family ain't coming first if we're living in a trailer
1: no they would still be first
0: actually we would have we could have a very nice trailer lovely thanks we could unload this place we could buy ourselves a double wide decorate it beautifully Cook meth in the back.
1: Well, I mean, we should probably refrain from that. I mean, we would just sell it though, not do it.
0: Yeah, no, I'm not interested in uppers. Downers, yes. Capitalists. Okay, you better now? I'm better now.
1: I guess. We'll see what week two holds.
0: All right. Now that we're through with Megan's bullshit and her stories of woe and poor me, and I've been married so many times.
1: I actually don't think I said any of those things.
0: You have so a couple weeks ago there was something floating around on Facebook and unfortunately my memory escapes me a lot of drugs a lot of alcohol a lot of coffee uh, it's a picture of a guy young guy I want to say like what Megan late 20s early 30s or so uh, 34
1: and 34 I found it.
0: Mm-hmm. he had unfortunately committed suicide And I don't know much about his actual backstory, if you will. Suffice to say, I think that, again, he thought his only solution for whatever his problems were, was to commit suicide. Mm -hmm. And what a horrible thing that must be, a horrible place to be in that you think, quite literally, your only solution is to end your life. And I mean that you want to talk about selfish, like that's very much so a selfish move. I'm not here to like beat up on the guy or anything like that what I really want to talk about is again that four-letter word hope
1: yeah because we really have nowhere to talk no no room to talk we may not have killed ourselves but that feeling of no hope led us to the next drink or drug every single time
0: absolutely
1: um, so go ahead you can talk about hope now honey well inspire us
0: I don't, I don't feel very inspirational today, but I'm just going to go ahead anyways. I think it would be appropriate to start off with the definition of hope, no? Sure. Did can you, you look it up? Can you pull out your dictionary? Okay. No, honey, I drive a truck. I don't use dictionaries or look things up.
1: A feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. Hmm. That's actually not what I expected.
0: I'm sure there's an alternate definition in there somewhere. Definition number two, please.
1: A similar aspiration, desire, wish. Huh. Translation. That's it. That's all I got.
0: Sorry, I was looking at my phone. Okay. All right. What is hope for
1: you? So I think actually the biggest thing I've gotten out of sobriety and working the steps is never having to have no hope ever again. Mm. The biggest lesson I learned is everything is temporary. Ooh. As horrible and you know despair, um, as desperate as things may be, and that's even in sobriety because shit happens. Sure does. I know it's only temporary. I know that there's always a way out, that things will get better. Yeah, absolutely. Everything is a moment in time. And when you feel so horrible, like there's nothing left, that's only temporary. Like that's going to fade away and it will get better.
0: Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's the hope.
1: I see what you did there. (laughs) It's very cute. (laughs) All right. How about you, hon?
0: Hope to me is... I mean I I hate to kind of steal the the dictionary definition but I think it's just that like the the notion that tomorrow is going to be a better day or tomorrow will bring different results but in order for tomorrow to bring different results we need to do things differently today does that make sense
1: yeah definitely
0: and then obviously you know through this program and even this marriage you know, I can tell you that hopelessness is a really dangerous place to be. Very. I think it's a dangerous place to be if you're a normie. Uh, I know it's a dangerous place to be as, a, as an addict, an alcoholic. Uh, even somebody going through the normal struggles and in the grind of the daily bullshit, you know?
1: Yeah, definitely. I almost think hope, too, is like the promise of something else. Like there's more, you know what I mean? Like that's how I look at it. When, hmm. when you feel hopeless, like that was something that people told me when I was, you know, going through the rooms early on trying to get sober, your feelings, especially when you first get sober are so dramatic, everything's really awful or really upsetting or really wonderful. Like it's such a fluctuation of emotions cause you haven't felt them in years mm-hmm. that it's really overwhelming. And, you know, if something would happen and it would shake me to my core, I would, you know, feel that there was no hope. There was no way to get out of that, out of myself. And people always tell you, it's just temporary. Feelings aren't facts. It's just temporary. And it took me years to actually grasp that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing is that, you know, it's hard, I guess, when you're in the moment or when things aren't going your way or you're facing any sort of adversity to just sort of flip that switch and be like, okay, so tomorrow's a different day or what do I have to do differently in order to not get these same results or to get out of this rut that I'm in or whatever situation you may be finding yourself in. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it's funny, I I watched a TikTok yesterday. I know you got me hooked, or maybe it was a real, I don't really know the difference, but some little short video. And this guy was talking he's like, you know, I called my sister the other day, lives in a different state. And I was like, how are things going? She's like, you know, I was having a really tough time. I was going through some stuff. And he's like, oh, well, how are you now? And she's like, I decided I'm over it and I'm just going to move on.
0: That's amazing.
1: And he was like, really? Like, how does one do that? You know, like what an incredible way to look at life. And I think that's what this program gives you.
0: Coping mechanisms, right? Definitely. I mean, you could just say, well, I'm over it. I'm going to move on and do things differently. Years ago, we would have been like, oh, poor me, poor this, poor that, pour me a drink.
1: Exactly.
0: And then again, this cycle repeats itself and repeats itself and so on and so forth.
1: Yeah, before any bad thing led to the only cure was a drink.
0: We've said it before. It's the medicine for everything. Yes. Good things, bad things, everything in between. So, I don't know. It's sort of, you know, I I sent a screenshot to Megan and I was like, God, this is so awful. Not only is it awful because it's obviously super tragic, but to put yourself in that person's shoes and to think that of all the solutions in the world, the only acceptable solution was to end your life. Like such a a hopeless, literally, and terrible place to be in. I can't even imagine Wow. I, I would like to say that I, I would never, ever contemplate suicide. And I know Megan and I, in our previous lives, in the time together that we've had the past couple of years, things have not always been puppies and rainbows. No. Nope. We've had some incredible times. We've also had some very challenging times. Mm-hmm. But never in my life was I like, well, that's it. I'm done.
1: Well, and I think that's, though, so now because we have the hope. That's it. You know, we didn't always have that. You know, I, I'm sure there were many times, you know, previously where either of us could have thought maybe not committed suicide, but not given a shit either way.
0: I think that's I think that's also pretty accurate.
1: I think, too, it's hope is also something for things can be better and people can change. Well...
0: I mean, yes. I,
1: I think, yeah. I mean yourself. Uh, you can't change anyone else. I know that.
0: No, no. Ultimately, yes, you can change yourself. But again, I think that, you know, it's, it's very hard to see through the fog, if you will. If you're in, uh, I can't even name a particular situation. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, it's hard to even imagine that. And I try to put myself in people's shoes constantly just to think like, you know, what it is that they're going through. It, I just, I don't know. I I find it very, very puzzling.
1: No, I agree. I always say that. Everyone's got something, whether you know it or not.
0: No, I'm saying everybody's going through some version of shit, quote unquote.
1: And I think the biggest thing we can hope for, and I'm going to give an example that Chris um, doesn't know I'm going to talk about right now, and maybe we'll edit this whole part out. That's totally fine, too.
0: Oh, I can't wait.
1: Um, I think... To me, the other thing I started to think about with hope is hope uh, in an optimistic sense of breaking the cycle. You know, we talk about ourselves being alcoholics. We talk about the fear for our kids. But I had an interesting thing, upsetting thing happen actually yesterday mm. and again today with our daughter. And so, you know, we're all in this sleep, sleep strike and it's a mess and blah, blah, blah. So yesterday <laughs> she decides she wants to go up for a nap, but she only wants to nap in our bed and she wants me to be there, blah, blah, blah. But she knows the routine because, you know, I bring her up to bed this way and all that kind of stuff. So she's like, you know, time for nap and goes up the stairs with her cups because she carries numerous cups. And that's not where I'm going with it. Alcoholic. And then mommy go to the bathroom. So she follows me in. I go to the bathroom because I pee constantly. So I always pee before that's so laying strange.
0: down. I'm, I'm totally going to fuck you up here right okay. now. But anyways, it's what I do. What is up with people bringing their children into the bathroom to either... Uh, use the facilities or to shower.
1: I mean, the shower thing I almost wish I did because she's such a pain in the balls to bathe. Like, I should have just brought her in. But the bathroom, that's why she doesn't go on the potty yet. And she's still young, but she has the mental capacity to do it. Like, sometimes she'll just take her diaper off and take a shit on her little potty. But it's because she never watched us because our bathroom's not on the same floor.
0: Because that's fucking creepy.
1: No, it's how they learn. How else would they know?
0: I I don't want anybody watching me
1: pee. No, but that's how they learn. That's... And I
0: feel like, you know, this this two-year-old treasure of life that I've created, i.e. Frankie, is going to be standing there, you know, looking up at me whilst peeing and be like, oh, that's fucking small, dude.
1: Yeah, I mean, that'll definitely happen, but, you know, I just, like that's, that's how they learn.
0: That's all you're working with?
1: So I have been bringing her in the bathroom with me. So anyway, the point of this story is, that she then walks out of our little water closet and into the main portion of our bathroom. Uh-huh. goes underneath a little shelf that's next to our shower, hmm. takes out the scale, puts it down, and go, Mommy, numbers, because she knows that I go to the bathroom and then get on the scale like a crazy person.
0: Because you obsess over everything.
1: And so that caught me, like, in the gut, you know?
0: You've also never put the scale away. Every time I walk into the bathroom, the scale's always out. It goes under the shelf where it belongs. Everything has A home.
1: That's where she pulled it out of. So it must have been there. So anyway. But that's alarming. So, and I thought, all right, you know, whatever. It's a one-off. And then she did it again today when I just put her up. Hmm. And so I think, like, I start, I knew we were going to talk about hope. And so I started thinking, like, how can I hope to break this cycle? My mom, who was a wonderful mother, also had her own, like, body image issues, whatever. And you impress that on your kids. And how do I break that cycle? Because my two-year-old has observed this behavior and now sees it as a normal activity.
0: Is it normal? I don't think so. I'm not saying that like as a dick, like I'm I'm asking. I mean, again, we've talked about at some point in time how I am terrified to raise a daughter in this world because of very specifically body issues or self-esteem issues or just that, you know, growing up as as a mean kid, kids are fucking mean.
1: Yeah, so then I started cycling, you know, of course, because I'm an alcoholic and insane. <laughs> like, what other behaviors have I have I shown her? Or how do I change this? How do I help her make healthy choices, but, you know, have a healthy body, but be okay with whatever that body ends up being? Like, do I, you know, am I projecting already on her at the age of two years old? Is that why she only eats small quantities? Because she watches me and that's how I eat. Like, is this something that I've, you know, I've already started the process?
0: No, I mean, I think she eats small quantities because she's a peanut and her stomach is the size of like half a golf ball.
1: I know. But anyway, so the (laughs) point of this, how it relates back to Hope, is it, it really got me thinking, you know. There's so many things that I've done in my life that I would like my children to not repeat. And not because they were bad things. I mean, there were a lot of bad things. But just because I don't want them to feel the pain from it. Mm. Right? So, uh, you know, uh, and then I start thinking about it positively. Like, there is hope there. It doesn't have to go the same way it did for me
0: well I think there's also a fine line right what do you mean like you can turn the the whole scale thing into oh look at you know you're you're such a big girl you're growing blah blah I know and at the same time that can turn into a very obsessive behavior in a short couple of years
1: I know I don't know what the the right decision is we were talking about that we were talking about this the other day like when I grew up we never had snacks Like, we get so excited to go to someone else's house because they had snacks. And I'm not saying it's because my parents didn't feed us, but because my mom was, like, very conscious about what we ate. And that's Mm. not a bad thing. That's loving your kids, right? No,
0: absolutely. So
1: then I always make sure there's snacks. There's a plethora of snacks. Because in my mind, you know, when I gained weight, it was because I didn't have snacks and then I had access to snacks. Like, it's such a mind game, you know? Mm -hmm. As a parent, you don't know what the right thing to do is for your child, right but you have to hope i guess that when well intentioned it'll be okay Mm -hmm. i don't know i I didn't that was just a disturbing it was one of those things that was like disturbing and happened and i was like i can't even say this out loud because i'm like ashamed right now that that's Hmm. what my daughter sees and i mean she's two she probably just likes it it lights up and there's numbers but you know I'm taking it to the extreme. So you're an alcoholic
0: and you're overthinking. Yeah,
1: totally. But
0: you probably wouldn't have to wear yourself as much if you just used the Peloton.
1: (laughs) I actually got back on when Monday night when you were sleeping. And then my plan was to get on every night when you went to bed. But then the whole Frankie sleeping issue, it wasn't an option. So now I've changed. I've pivoted. Frankie will go to bed with you when you go to bed and then I'll get on the Peloton. So everyone wins.
0: Did you ride it with uh, the various piles of laundry on it? No,
1: I moved the carpets. Didn't you notice? I did a 45-minute class and then a 15-minute arm workout.
0: I, I'm going to have to check with Auntie Gay P and see if you actually registered in. Go
1: right on and check my history. A
0: fucking exercise. exercises for weak So people. that's my
1: plan is to get on every night when you go to bed. What else am I going to do? Sit there and watch mindless TV? I don't really care to do that.
0: Well, you're not texting me and that's really all I'm concerned
1: with. Yeah, so I'm going to get on the Peloton, but Frankie's going to have to go to bed with you. So...
0: Well, that's a win-win for everybody.
1: Compromise.
0: All right, honey. On to husband number three. Say goodnight, darling.
1: Good night. I'm Megan, and I'm an alcoholic.
0: I'm Chris. I'm an alcoholic. Cut off your pet's privates. And please, if you are struggling in any way, put your hand up, reach out